Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Jay Connor. Um, I just actually we just recorded a podcast on Jay Connor's show. So if you want to hear me talk about private money, go find uh, Jay Connor's show. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, but anyway, Jay, um, give us a little bit of an intro to yourself. Let us know a little bit about your, your story, how you, you got to where you are now. Sure. Well, thank you for having me on here, Glenn. I'm excited to be here to talk about my favorite subject, which is private money. But um, my wife, Carol Joy, and I, we've been investing in single family houses since 2003 uh, here in Eastern North Carolina. And um, we do two to three uh, fix and flips a month, but our average profits are $74,000 now mm-hmm. per fix and flip. So those numbers work. Well, the first um, six years, Glenn, from 2003 into 2009, I relied on local banks to fund my deals. That's all I knew to do. I didn't know anything about hard money, didn't know anything about private money. And by the way, I'm not talking about hard money because that's brokerage, right? Brokerage money, private money is doing business with individuals. So I had two houses under contract. Um uh at the time and this was in january of 2009 and i called up my banker and i've had this conversation this type of conversation with him many many times and i told him about the deals and you know uh when i needed to fund them and i learned on that conversation glenn that i had lost my line of credit with no notice no credit all gone And I said to my banker, his name was Steve. I said, what in the world is the problem? He says, well, there's a global financial crisis going on right now. And we're just not loaning money out uh, to real estate investors anymore these days. Well, I didn't know there was a global financial crisis going on until they told me. So now I got a crisis. (laughs) (laughs) Now Now it's come home to me. So I hung up the phone and I thought to myself, Glenn, I said, you know, Jay, first of all, it's impossible for you to fail unless you choose to quit, right? And quitting was not an option. So I thought to myself, who could I call and tell them about my, and, you know, help me with my situation. So I had a friend uh, by the name of Jeff, lived in Greensboro, North Carolina at the time, and he was investing in real estate. I called up Jeff and I told him what had happened. He says, well, welcome to the club. I said, what club? He said, the club of losing your line of credit at the bank. I lost mine last week. I said, well, Jeff, what, how are you going to fund your deals? And he said, private money. I'd never heard of private money. So I learned about it. I got education. I studied it. And I put my program to where I would start teaching people that I've had some kind of relationship with. I start teaching them about what private money is and how they can earn high rates of returns safely and securely. And I tell you what, Glenn, in less than 90 days, I was able to raise $2,150,000 in funding that I didn't have prior to that. So guess what? Losing my line of credit at the bank was the biggest blessing in disguise that I've ever had in my business. And since that time, I've never missed out on a deal for not having funding in place for my deals. That's awesome. And I know, uh, I believe like even hard money wasn't even available during that 2008 period. Uh, I mean, it gets me thinking about this, right? So um, 
you, you talked that like we're not talking pri or sorry uh, institutional lending, but what are the advantages using this private money? Why why go that direction? <laughs> well, there's a long list of reasons as to why uh, to use private money. First of all, it puts you, the real estate investor, in the control seat, in the driver's seat, in control of your business. And here's what I mean by that: you make the rules. Well, what do I mean by you make the rules? Well, you see. When you're borrowing private money for your real estate deals, there's no application process. You are approved. Your credit's got nothing to do with how much private money you can get. And so you see, I've never asked anybody for money all this time. I just put on my teacher hat and I would teach in my program. So the first big benefit is you set the interest rate. You set the length of the note. You decide if you're going to make monthly, quarterly, or no payments at all until you cash out the deal. Um, and so in addition to that, another big reason is there's no limit to the number of private lenders you can have, and there's no limit to the amount of money that you can borrow to fund your deals. So, I mean, like today, I got 44 private lenders all across the nation. You don't need... 44 private lenders, you know, two or three will get you started, you know, pretty good. But, you know, when I was borrowing money from the bank, there was a limit to my line of credit. Well, by losing my line of credit at the bank, I immediately got a raise. I was able to get unlimited. So now I've got eight and a half million that, you know, we move from project to project to project. My favorite reason for using private money is I'm able to collect and receive multiple checks on every deal I do. First check I get is I always get a big check when I buy a property. How do I get that? Because I always borrow from the private lender more money than I need to do the deal. Now, the only reason I'm going to borrow more money than I need is when there's a renovation or rehab in process, right? So I get all my rehab money up front and I get, I can go ahead and pull some equity out of that. You see, I borrow up to 75% of the after repaired value. I didn't say 75% of the purchase price, 75% of the after repaired value. So in order for me to get a big check when I buy, obviously I have to be buying the property at a discount, right? So I get another, if I sell it on rent to own or lease purchase, I get a large non-refundable lease option deposit. I get another check when they are ready to cash out. Another big reason to use private money in opposed to institutional money or banks or hard lenders is there's no origination fees. There's no points. Uh, I think in Canada, you call it setup fees, right? Same thing. <laughs> there's, no, there's no setup fees. And so it's just so much more flexible. Another big reason is you can close quickly. I close my deals in less than seven days. And that's part of my offer. And look, I've never had a private lender from my warm market ask for an appraisal. So it's quick. And so I, I get more offers accepted since I'm able to close very, very quickly. And that can become very, very important, you know, to a motivated seller. So the list is very, very long. Another big reason is if you're new to real estate investing, it's the quickest way to get to your first deal because the majority of the sellers require all the cash. So as I say, the list is long and uh, I mean, private money just really puts you in the driver's seat and, and, and help and fixes your cash flow immediately. So slightly off topic, but I heard you say that uh, sometimes you can negotiate to get the cat uh, to pay them their interest at the end. Is that more difficult? Is it a certain 
type of people that are interested in that. I've usually found that difficult for myself to pull off. Usually they want their monthly payments or is it someone you've worked with a long time? Like, how do you get to that point? Yeah, it's, it's come, it just comes down to where are they getting the money from and what are their objectives? So, you know, I've got some elderly private lenders that are counting on monthly income, right? Yeah. And, and so I'll make them monthly payments. However, I'll tell you where it's when it's the easiest to just let the interest accrue. Now, I'm not going to let interest accrue more than a year. I don't want to have that kind of a check hanging out there. But if I'm doing a fix and flip and I'm going to be in and out in, you know, six or nine months or something like that, here's where it's really easy for the private lender to let the interest accrue. And then they just get paid off all their principal and the earned interest when we sell the house. And that is if they're using retirement funds. So here in the United States, you know, we have this thing called self-directed IRAs, uh, also known as an IRS approved third party custodian. Well, people can move their current retirement funds over to a self-directed IRA company, and then they can loan that money out and they can earn unlimited money per year, either tax deferred or tax free. Well, guess what? Even if I was making monthly payments, those monthly payments would not be going back to the lender. It would be going back to the uh, self-directed IRA company. So they're not looking to live off of that money. They're just looking to grow their retirement funds. And uh, therefore, it doesn't make any difference to them. They're still earning the same amount of money. It's just when does that interest get paid? And in this case, when the house sells. Gotcha. So say, you know, everyone has a network. They have people they know. And uh, you've determined this could be a potential person to lend you money. What, what, how does that conversation go? Do you have an elevator pitch? Is it a casual thing? How, how do you approach that topic? When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching. Yeah, so it depends on the setting. Yeah. So there's, there's different ways to teach people what private money is. Um, for example, I've raised almost a million dollars, 969000 to be exact, in new private money at one private lender lunch, luncheon. Hmm. So I would, put, I would uh, schedule a luncheon invite people to come to it that I think may be uh, interested in being a, um, a private lender. Then I have my CPA, my real estate attorney, my realtor, you know, my team there uh, at the luncheon. And then I teach my private lending program and what private lending is. It only takes 20 to 30, 20, 25 minutes to go through it. And of course, it takes the same length of time to teach it to 20 or 25 people as it does one person. So that's a great way to leverage your time. Um, but then, you know, you have one-on-one -on -one conversations, right? Or you may be at a social event or some kind of networking event. I love to start the conversation about private money with three words. And that is, did you know? I love did you know questions. Okay. And my favorite did you know question, uh, just in casual conversation is, 
Did you know there's a way people can earn unlimited money per year tax-free and then <laughs> shut up? Of course, they don't know the answer to that question. And so that leads into a, a beautiful conversation about what self-directed IRAs are and how they work. So again, I've got my teacher hat on just with beginning, you know, a conversation with that simple question. So do you find doing the, the teaching the best way? Is that the best way to get the word out? Absolutely. So I also, I also believe in letting tools do the work, let the tools do the work and not running around, you know, trying to raise a bunch of private money. Of course, the, you know, the easiest time to raise private money is when you don't need it, right, for a particular deal. Um, but I have this 16-minute audio that I've recorded, and um, I've recorded a, a lot of them for my students, and we call it stress-free investing. Well, this 16-minute audio introduces this concept of private lending and what it is to the listener. It does not teach the program. It doesn't tell him what the interest rate is, how you can get your money back in case of an emergency, all that stuff. But it teaches in 16 minutes an overview of what private money and private lending is. And the call to action when the listener listens to it is to, of course, reach back out to the person that sent it to you to learn the details of the private lending program. So, you know, that audio can be emailed out, you know, it can be uh, texted to people. And um, I mean, that's how, I, that's that's a, a quick way that I raised over $2 million uh, way back when I lost my line of credit at the bank. I just started handing, and this is when we had CDs, I just started handing out CDs, you know, to everybody. Of course, today it's an MP3 and, you know, you can email it out. But um, it's just, you know, sharing sharing what you got going on and having people, you know, chasing you instead of you chasing them. Is that recording available like to the public or like, is that one of your, you know, one of the things for your course or is that, how do you get a hold of your hands on that? Steve? Sure. So uh, when we finish up with the show here, Glenn, I got a free gift for your audience. And that is, I'm so excited about my new private money guide that I recently finished writing. And so uh, when someone gets the, the guide and you just download it for free, um, then that'll give the information on, you know, getting the audio and that type of thing. Okay, awesome. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so it's the best way to do this seems to be to get in front of a room because it's scalable. It's a good way to get your, your message out and put you as an authority figure. What if you're a newbie and you don't, you're not at a point to go stand in front of a room? What other options you got here? Yeah. So the great thing about learning about private money is, you know, most real estate investors out there would love to have more money and more funding available for their deals. Right. And so I always encourage someone either start working with a credible coach or start working with someone in your local area where you can leverage their experience. And so, you know, then let's say that I'm a new real estate investor. And I haven't even done a deal, yeah. but you have, you've done a bunch of deals and we know each other. And I come to you and I say, Glenn, I know how to attract a lot of private money. And could you use some more private money? Let's say you say, yes, yeah, I could use some more private money. And then I say, well, would you uh, allow me to joint venture with you? And I'd be the guy that brings money to the table and then you just give me a percentage of the deal. And while at the same time, I can earn and learn while I'm working with you. If you say yes to that, then I can go out 
raise private money and I can be saying me and my business partner, Glenn have done X number of deals. And now I'm leveraging your relation, your experience as being my business partner. I love it. I love it. So doing these, um, I know there's multiple different ways to, to register these or not register these private loans. Um, what documents are you typically using? What, what do you have that's in, involved for to keep this you know, safe for everybody? Yeah, it's very, very simple here in the States. And there's just a couple of documents. First of all, there is the promissory note. So all these private loans that we do, we call them one-offs, which means I'm not, I'm not raising money for a fund and I'm not doing a syndication for a project. These are a private lender or a couple of private lenders is funding and loaning money on a house, right? So on that property, they're going to get a promissory note and they're going to get a deed of trust or a mortgage, depending on the state that you're in. And that's just the instrument that collateralizes the note. So the promissory note is very simple. Who's the lender? Well, that's your private lender. You are the borrower or your entity rather. And then, you know, what's the interest rate? What's the principal loan amount? What's the terms? That's the promissory note. And then the deed of trust or mortgage is going to collateralize it. Then on the insurance policy, we name the private lender as a mortgagee. And that protects the private lender in case there's any insurance claims on the property. And then on the title policy, we name the private lender as an additional insured in case there's any title issues that come up down the road. And I don't, and I and and you don't, and nobody, no real estate investor should prepare their own closing documents. We always have the real estate attorney prepare the closing documents. And you got a good relationship with your real estate attorney. I got my closing documents ready uh, within you know 24 business hours. Could we talk about the deed of trust just a little more for Canadians who are, or even other people who aren't familiar, who are Americans that are listening to this as well? Maybe um, what is that exactly? Is that, is that registering the the note on the property? What that is is that is a that is a document and an instrument that allows the private lender to foreclose on the borrower in case the borrower does not pay. So, you know, I, I, and so, and it, and it is registered on public record, that mortgage or deed of trust, right? And so I'll have new real estate investors say to me, uh, sometimes I'll say, Jay, why in the world would a private lender loan me money and I've never done a deal? Um, and one answer is, if you don't pay them, the property does. And, what, and which means they have the legal right to that property if you don't pay them. And in fact, they would make more money if they got the property and sold it than they would on the interest. But of course, a private lender don't want to mess with that. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to mess with the property. They just want to be a passive investor and collect income. But they are protected in case the borrower does not pay. Okay. That's smart. That protects everyone. That's that makes it safe. Um, I assume we can use these uh, using promissory notes or uh, private lending on almost any deals. <clears throat> Is there a time when you don't use it? <laughs> so kind of reverse yeah. this around. Yeah, sure. So so you you use private money when all cash is required, which is in the majority of the cases. Right. But, you know, there's other ways that you can buy properties, single family houses. Anyway, you can buy them on what we call terms. Right. So if the seller 
is willing to sell you with seller financing and they'd be the bank and they collect monthly payments and not get all their money up front, you wouldn't need private money in that case. Um, here in the States, we do this thing called buying subject to the existing note. That's where the seller of a property agrees to transfer title and sell you their house and yeah. they leave the mortgage in their name and you, the real estate investor, agree to make their payments. Um, so my statistics show, Glenn, that only 13% after reviewing thousands of property lead sheets, only 13% of, of for sale by owners will sell creatively. What do the other 87% require? All the cash, right? Yeah. And of course, if you want to be a wholesaler and just market to find properties for sale from uh, for sale by owners, get it under contract and assign that contract to another real estate investor who's actually going to pay you know cash for the house. Well, you can collect an assignment fee. You wouldn't in that piece of the real estate. You wouldn't need it. But as far as owning, actually owning that real estate. You use private money when all cash is required by the seller, which is in the majority of the cases. Awesome. Um, earlier, you mentioned you had a gift or a thing, or how do people get a hold of you? How do they they track you down to see what else you got? Sure. <laughs> well, I'm so excited about my brand new private money guide. Yeah. It's called Seven Reasons Why Private Money Will Skyrocket Your Real Estate Business and Help You Build Incredible Wealth. And you can download it for free. This will get you on the fast track to getting all the private money that you would want and need. You download it for free at www.jconnor, and I'm an E-R, not an O-R. So that's jconnor, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money guide. That's jconnor, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money guide. So that looks like quite the thick book. How many pages is that? <laughs> um, actually, I actually I haven't looked recently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. But, 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 but I'll tell you, it's more than a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, most people listen to this. There's not a lot of people that actually watch it. I did put, do put it on YouTube, but most people listen. Like, it's a thick book. That looked like at least like 150 pages. <laughs> I don't know, maybe 200. It, it looked like a good a good novel. Um, so anyway, thank you for that, Jay. Um, if uh, people want to reach out to you, where's, where do they find you before I let you go? Sure. So they can just go to jayconnor.com and all my contact information is there. Uh, other real estate uh, investing training. And um, and yeah, just go to jayconnor.com. And I tell you what, you know, we actually still have a telephone with a cord attached to the receiver <laughs> here in North Carolina. And you can actually pick up the phone and call us. We actually answer the phone no when way. you call. Yes, yeah, so if you want to put in the show notes, it's uh, 252-808-2927 here in Eastern North Carolina and Eastern Time, 252-808-2927. Uh, be glad to help anybody in this world of private money. Awesome. And like I said, I was on Jay's podcast and he never even mentioned you have a podcast, but Jay has a podcast and uh, I was a guest on it just recently. So uh, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, so you guys can uh, go, go check it out that way. And maybe it'll lead you to lots of other shows on or lots of other episodes of his show. Um, thanks for awesome. coming on. <laughs> hey, thank thanks, you so Jay. much, Glenn, for having me on. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. Cool. <clears throat> That's it. Um, one one simple easy question for you: seventy four k per flip is a lot. 
Um, are you doing expensive properties? How are you, what kind of price range are those? Yeah, are they're all, yeah, they're all over the board. So like our median price right now is uh, right at $300,000. Okay. Um, and most of the houses I buy, I'm buying them at 50% of the after repaired value. Yeah. So, you know, for example, um, I just bought a house two, three months ago for 250,000. The rehab was only, it was all cosmetic. The, the rehab was only 20,000. So I had 270 in it. I just put it on the market yesterday, $429,900, right? And that's like the, you know, typical, you know, typical kind of deal, you know, that we're doing all the time. Um, I'd, uh, just bought another one over at Pine Knoll Shores. I bought it for 313000 It's a bigger rehab. That rehab is going to be about 60000 So I'm about three seventy-five in it. Um, but the um, the after-repaired value is about $525,000. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, some good margins there. I make, I make a really good ratio on mine, but I usually deal in smaller smaller houses <laughs> got you i got you well hey look look at it as a portfolio how's the whole thing performing oh it's doing great <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome glenn thank you so much no problem thanks a lot jay all right bye-bye